Dance is in the tonlento. This ain't stopping, baby, till I say so. Come get, come get some more. Boy, I wish that this could last forever. Cause every second by your side is heaven. Oh, come get me that, give me that boom, 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 boom. I tell you, baby, you, baby, you give me hot stuff. Love me, make me sick, make me sick, you my doctor. Don't you know you're paying on my fire tonight? Can we get you right here on my table? It's not a winner. government's step-by-step approach to making changes has now allowed essential travel restrictions on public transport in the county to be lifted from today, as the number of coronavirus cases continues to fall. The requirements to wear a face mask covering on public transport in the county remains mandatory, although there are some exceptions such as being unable to wear one because of a physical or mental illness. Passengers could be refused travel if they are not being worn. The founder of an award-winning Pembrokeshire mental health charity, the DPJ Foundation, Emma Picton-Jones, has announced she is stepping down as its manager. The foundation was set up in July 2016, following the death of her husband Daniel, who has suffered with his mental health and sadly chose to end his life. Emma has campaigned tirelessly to overcome the stigma of talking about mental health matters, particularly among men in the rural isolated areas. The foundation had been her life for the last four years, allowing her to grieve and heal on her road to recovery and become a far stronger person. Her own mental health has suffered and been tested at times and Emma will be returning to teaching in September and is succeeded by new manager Kate Miles. County Hall in Haverford West was illuminated over the weekend to mark victory over Japan Day. The Pembrokeshire County Council headquarters was lit in red, white and blue on Friday, Saturday and last night to commemorate the 75th anniversary of the end of a very significant event of the Second World War, when Japan surrendered to the Allies after almost six years of war on the 15th of August 1945. For the first time in its history, Haven Holiday Park have announced it will be extending its 2020 season at Kiln Park near Tembe until the end of November. This will now give holidaymakers an extra four weeks to enjoy a break at the Pembrokeshire Coastal Resort. Haven have added more dog-friendly accommodation to the park, meaning the impact of travel restrictions and previous closure to the holiday park, which prevented many people from enjoying the holiday he had previously planned for 2020. Web bookings increased by 96% over one week period for the company, who continued to offer its coronavirus book with confidence guarantee in all November bookings, which allows guests the ability to change their break any time from 28 days before, right up until three days of their arrival date, should there be issues preventing them from travelling due to coronavirus. The second phase of restarting Pembrokeshire's library begins today, 
with limited computed access available to the customers in Tenby, Pembroke Dock, Milford Haven, Fishguard and Haverford West libraries. To book the first session, customers must telephone one of these libraries, but after that they can either continue to book by phone or use the online booking form, with sessions given on a first-come, first-served basis, unlimited to one 60-minute session per day, with no option to extend that time, and up to a maximum of three sessions per week. The fitness suites at leisure centres in Fishguard, Haverford, Esmilford, Haven, Pembroke and Tenby also reopened today for registered users of the Pembrokeshire Leisure, who must book and pay for their one-hour gym slot in advance. The Pembrokeshire Coast National Park Authority is appealing for riders of personal watercraft to consider the impact of their activities on other visitors and wildlife following a recent rise in reported incidents of irresponsible riders and the noise nuisance generated by the crafts. Such actions are not generally welcome on the Pembrokeshire coast due to their impact on the special qualities of the National Park, where dedicated aquabatic zones on the Milford Haven waterway exist and further information is available from the Port Authority of Milford Haven. In local sport, this year's Harrison Allen Bowl final will be a 2011 rerun as holders Haverford West take on Nayland at Cresselli on Saturday, August the 29th. Haverford West beat 2nd Division Burton, who made their first appearance in the semi-final for two decades, by eight wickets, as all-rounder Adam James struck an unbeaten 62, after taking three for 22 with the ball to restrict Burton to 119 for nine. Ashley Sutton with 32 and Nick Cooman 21, saw Nayland record a 10-wicket success over Sinishmoles, who were dismissed for 54, opening bowler Patrick Hannon and veteran spinner Andrew Muller, both taking four for 13 for the Black Caps. I'm Jonathan Twig, and you're up to date with all your local Pembrokeshire news on Pure West Radio. You can listen to Pure West Radio anywhere. In the kitchen, in the bar, in the garden, on the sofa, even in space. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked. When you're unwanted, the streets are under. When you're down, when you're strained, faces come out of the rain. When you're strained, no one remembers your name. When you're strained, when you're strained, when you're strained, people are strained.
Oh, red lights come on out there as well. Hello and good evening. Welcome to Healthy Minds, Healthy Lives with myself and my good mate Hector. How have you been, my friend? Good evening, Bram. I've been good. And do you know what we were saying when we got into the studio this evening? Haven't the oh, last mate. four weeks flown oh. by? Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. This, this year is whizzing by. But another thing that I realised, kind of looking through my diary and my notebook that I keep for the show, is that in terms of time flying by, this is... Um, our, not, our, our first show was in July 2019. So Was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been broadcasting for a year. Apart so from technically, last week was our birthday. Indeed. Or last time, I yeah, should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, last show was our birthday. Oh, man, we missed it. We'll have to yeah. do something for the next one. Yeah. I just realised it uh, this afternoon. So, yeah, we've been broadcasting these shows for a year now, and that's why we're looking and, and operating in such a slick and professional <laughs> manner. <laughs> it was funny, because I was only thinking today, I wonder when our first show is. It must be coming up, I was thinking. I had no idea it was July. Wow. Yeah. So wow. going, apart from the little break with the uh, with the coronavirus restrictions, we've been broadcasting this show for a year. Awesome. So, yeah. So welcome everybody to uh, this evening's um, show, Healthy Minds, Better Lives with uh, Pure West Radio. As always, please send in your comments, your questions, any suggestions that you'd like to through the Facebook page, the Pure West Radio Facebook page. Uh, we. Um, as always, just really welcome the conversation about mental health, and that's what the show is really all about. It's about your opinions, your thoughts, not anybody being a massive expert, but just inviting the conversation on mental health. Okay, so tonight... Hang on, you're getting ahead of yourself now. Oh. You're ready to run before you can walk again. As always. There is no Facebook Live again. We're not doing it this oh. evening. We're hoping that's going to be back in September. Fingers crossed. If we all keep doing what we're told to do, hopefully we can get through this. Uh, so I have put a paste, a paste. I have put a post on Facebook. So if you want to comment, please comment below that. I will be keeping an eye on that. However, what we are doing though is we would love to hear from you via phone. That is right. So if you do fancy phone up, if you hear us say anything or you want to comment on any of the topics we're going to be talking about, uh, then please give us a bell. And you can do that on 01437 764455. That's 01437 764455. It's option one for the studio. Just ring up, man. I mean, if we're in mid-flight, I will keep an eye on the phone. I will uh, turn my mic down and try and answer you. But uh, we may be in the break for the music when we ring you back. But yeah, please give us a call. Uh, you can also jump on the Facebook which I've said or you can uh, email us studio at purestradio.com if you've got any questions. Now if you do want to request a song in one of the small little song breaks that we have you can only do it via phone. Hector. Brilliant okay so we've got loads of ways for you to get in touch with us and as always we really invite people to kind of get involved join in the conversation um, any questions any ideas or thoughts or comments on what we're talking about please 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 get in touch it just makes it a a much more interesting show <clears throat> okay so this evening we thought we would uh, talk about a couple of different things tonight uh, one was uh, talking a little bit about health anxiety and health anxiety generally but also in the context of how does that fit in with the worries that people have that many people have about the ongoing situation with coronavirus so we'll have a chat about that and ways to maybe kind of manage that a little bit and then I thought, uh, and we were thinking something quite topical, given what's in the news, not from a political perspective, but from a kind of well-being, mental health perspective, is the idea of um, there's lots of people planning to leave home, especially young people going off to college and work and apprenticeships and things this time of year. So we thought we'd just talk a little bit about that and the whole idea of the 
empty nest syndrome, as it can be called for for many people who are whose children and young young family members are about to leave home. So that's what we're going to be chatting about tonight. And as always, please get in touch and join in the conversation. Mute myself then. But yes, and don't leave it too late because we will be finishing about half past ten tonight, slightly earlier than build. And that is purely and simply because I am working in Aber tomorrow and I need my beauty sleep. Uh, I've got to leave at about, I've got to be up at six in the morning. I'm not going to make any excuses. Uh, I need more than that sleep. So we don't delay. Don't think you'll get your uh, questions in later on because there may not be a later on. Yes, please do. Please get in touch. Okay. So three let, things. Three things. Three things. I'll just remind you, just no, in case no, it's, it's not on my there. List. It's there, is it? <laughs> is that the seamless, smooth way we've been running? Absolutely. So, <laughs> in a seamless way, before we crack on with the main content of the show, as always, how about three? We we start. In fact, a year ago, we started this idea, and we've pretty much done it every time we've yeah. been on air. That we talk about and we just remind ourselves of three things uh, that went well. Um, over the last day or couple of weeks or the last year if you like it doesn't really matter but generally we invite people to sort of do this on a daily basis and just think about three things that have gone well um, each day just to remind ourselves of the positives that happen in our lives because when we look for them we find them quite easily generally speaking it doesn't have to be anything massive anything big it's just what went well okay who's gonna kick off tonight um, uh, I shall then in that case I was just looking through Facebook it looks like our page and come our post and come up again Ooh, Facebook's annoying me what has gone well well evidently the last four weeks have gone well because it's just flown by <laughs> so I can't really moan about that today's what's gone well I had a really really positive appointment with someone this morning um, text message feed shared uh, on Friday about need help so uh, rang and very very positive someone is at that contemplation stage of change Hector Ah, the contemplative stage. And I can't remember the other stages, actually. Uh, It's the pre-contemplation, the contemplation, the action phase, and the maintenance. They have added one or two extra ones in, but that's that's the basic basic cycle of change, which I worked to. So we are just about to go into the action phase, and uh, yeah, that was pretty cool, man. Okay. And um, me and Andrew getting on really well. There's my three things. Brilliant. I mean, just for those people who aren't familiar, the the, um, the, the, the stages of change, I think they're called, uh, are often... um, Cycle of change. Cycle of change. This is not my area of expertise, but it's often uh, a kind of model that's used in um, substance misuse services where people are either kind of thinking about and then working towards change and then they start to action some positive changes in their life around their substance misuse. So that's just to kind of fill you in in what Bram's talking about there. Okay, so for me, what went well? Well, something went well for me uh, that I've kind of engaged in over the lockdown period. And i tell you what it was triggered by. When lockdown started, there was a project I've been working on privately, kind of personally, for many, many years, actually, off and on. And I just realised that if I don't crack on and finish what, what this thing is, um, I'd be really disappointed having not used the time. So I've been writing a book, Bram. Have you really? I've been writing a book, and I've got the first draft is finished, and I've I sent it to a, an independent editor, um, I'll name. I'll drop her name because she's been absolutely brilliant. A lady called Daisy Flynn uh, in Pembrokeshire, and she's done edited the first draft, and I'm working on that. Oh. And I've finished it. So, so hang on. You can't. You can't just leave that there. I know. So I've dropped it, it in because it's going to sidetrack us a lot, and I was wary whether that would or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, only briefly, but I think everyone's going to want to know equally as much as I do. Is it a novel? Is it a, is it a factual book? What What is it, my friend? It's not a novel. 
it's uh it's a story of a, uh, a large chunk of my life where i did a lot of traveling and awesome. uh, worked in the music business and traveled the world and stuff like that so uh, i've written my kind of memoir of that period in my life and what is it called don't know i'm not tightly up no fair enough no i just um i don't know the title will jump out at some point yeah yeah no good man but we've, i've finished it yeah hey wicked yeah hey, i made up mate i made up <laughs> so that is something that i actually probably started Can I have about a signed copy 10 yeah uh, if you buy it <laughs> i probably started this about 10 years ago maybe more and then just life gets in the way and you drop in and out of these projects and as i was saying it's i um thought to myself i'd be really disappointed if i don't use this time of having to be at home not going out self-isolating and well you know isolating and social distancing uh so yeah i set the goal and i'm really really pleased that i've achieved that so that's my kind of what went well um what else yeah i had a little business idea which has got going which i'm not going to talk about on air because it's kind of a bit private but so that's just sort of come to fruition recently and so i've been yeah there's a couple of big things that i've been working on for quite a while that i kind of started plopping into place is this you taking over the world now mate yeah yeah started off started off on purist radio next thing we know branson the second exactly fair play mate why not (laughs) and i think we've talked about this it's about you know this sort of goal setting we've talked about this definitely in other shows yeah and and this isn't about me kind of massaging my own ego oh there he is well a little bit Uh, and why not why not why not indeed mate Um, and and just sort of realizing that sometimes you've got to practice what you preach and actually if you've got a goal and you really want to do something that you know you can find you it can be done you can find the time to to do it and and just sort of head down and do it and and i found that i was just doing maybe an hour every other evening or a couple of hours and doing a little bit now and again and then just slowly slowly that the whole thing kind of came together wicked mate so yeah okay that's what's went well anybody else out there please tell us at the moment mate nothing's reacted to the page uh posts so at the moment come on people please don't forget you can call us 01437 764455 or studio at com. that's studio at com. if you want to get in touch and you don't have the old facebook okay great yeah please get in touch okay so what went well there's been things going well for us and hopefully for everybody who's listening so in the meantime let's let's go on with the show so um first of all we're going to talk a little bit about health anxiety and just to kind of put it into context um we've talked about anxiety before in one of the earlier shows and and this it's that general um sense of kind of fear and dread and the physical um symptoms that people have with that with kind of racing heart and sort of feeling shaky and shivery and sweaty very typical symptoms of anxiety and and we've talked about that with that often people have a way of thinking that we call kind of catastrophic so we imagine the worst case scenario and whatever we're about to attempt to do so that that's that fits with the idea of health anxiety but it's slightly more specific in that um, there's other aspects to it where specifically people will be constantly um, worrying about their own health, primarily their own health. Um, they will be doing things like um, checking. So if you're worried about a particular health issue, you might be checking yourself physically and scanning yourself, your body, uh, for any physical symptoms. So the slightest little thing might trigger a kind of desire to kind of look for more symptoms. Uh, and again similar to general anxiety there'll be a lot of reassurance seeking possibly from uh, health professionals which is not uncommon 
repeated visits to the GPs and the doctors and reassurance from friends and loved ones. And the other thing that can happen is that people can then, because they're constantly worrying about their health, they are checking themselves physically, but they will also be doing a lot of research and kind of doctor Googling their symptoms, which is which in itself can lead to all sorts of stuff. Because when we do that, we can be a bit selective in the sites that we then land on. And we always, we, we will often end up reading the pages that have got the most catastrophic outcome for any particular set of, of um symptoms so that that's health anxiety and as with many anxieties some of the things that are helpful in terms of working with that are ways of just generally managing anxiety so there's the the uh, really useful things like um, meditation relaxation exercises all of those um, can be found online which are really really helpful and then we would really encourage people to first of all actually often when people come to see me with uh, health anxiety um, is to stop um, researching physical health symptoms online it sounds like quite a simple thing but for some people that's quite difficult and it actually what it does is reinforces their belief that their the pain they may feel in some part of the body or the little spot or lump that's developed somewhere that that um if you Google that, that might sort of come up with some kind of catastrophic outcome, like people often think they will then have cancer or kind of life-threatening illness. Now, this has to be balanced, of course, by um, by uh, making sure that it isn't a real physical illness. But we would sort of err on the side of caution that actually if, the, if a physical symptom is there for a while, that maybe that might be the time to go to your doctor. But, but um, checking and reassurance seeking continuously is not very helpful so it's basically breaking down that cycle of worry checking reassurance seeking and then kind of researching and helping find distractions to help kind of overcome that and as i say relaxation and meditation and mindfulness are ways of of helping manage the physical symptoms of the anxiety so that's a kind of overview, really, of, of health anxiety. But then I was thinking, how does that fit now in the current circumstances that we, we find ourselves li living in with the whole um, coronavirus that's, you know, affecting all of us and the whole world? Because, you know, we we need to follow the, the guidelines um, set out by, by the government and the suggestions and um, ideas in terms of keeping ourselves safe but again it's about trying to strike a balance so that we we can do that we we do try and social distance and I know there's some controversy about wearing masks and keeping clean and washing hands etc etc but it's doing those things um, but also trying to live a, as normal a life as we possibly can so certainly over the coronavirus a number of people have contacted me and asked about man helping managing excessive anxiety when this first started and one of the things that that I realized in conversations with people is that there was a, 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 an overload and a saturation of information all of which was very kind of um, frightening I mean I'm sure some of it was true but I was saying right okay maybe you need to reduce reduce the amount of time you're spending you know um, listening or or researching this um, this con this condition because 
similarly to a general health anxiety overchecking just keeps help, helps maintain a high level of anxiety so that's certainly one thing um i would suggest so it's trying to strike a balance of okay are the symptoms that i'm showing in anything uh, are they lasting over a period of time and are they causing me excessive sort of stress and worry and am i then changing all of my behaviors avoiding doing things and checking and looking for reassurance so it's just trying to strike a balance there between living as normal a life as possible and, and it becoming a problem so i was kind of just thinking that it's striking that balance especially in the context of uh, of coronavirus at the moment and of course following the guidelines um so yeah over the years i've i've worked with a number of people with um with kind of health anxiety and health worries and the things they found strangely enough are the simple changing the simplest things have sometimes made quite a big difference so literally stopping googling because if you think about it the more you information you get all you're telling yourself is this is a problem this is something i have to worry about so it becomes the vicious worry of of um vicious cycle of worry anxiety symptoms more physical symptoms checking and then it just becomes a whole vicious cycle and also that information is not always correct is it exactly i think this is the thing that and, and also one of the things we know around mental health you know with anxiety and depression is that our our very complex brains have, and minds have a very very clever way of sort of filtering out information so for example we know in depression that people will when they reflect on their lives they'll cleverly and unhelpfully filter out all the positive memories and all they be able to dwell on is all the kind of negative stuff that's ever happened to them and similarly with anxiety what we tend to do is filter out the kind of balanced perspectives and and um, filter in the information that supports the catastrophic prediction that actually something terrible is happening or something terrible is going to happen uh, and as you say so the danger is that we might be kind of looking at information that's not necessarily correct or might have a bias in one direction or another so it's just best not to to kind of get any of that information if the symptoms persist then go to a health professional because that's what they're they're there for um so yeah so certainly i one of the some of the things we suggest is um and quite often people when they have a health anxiety the slightest sort of physical change that change in physicality which call will cause some worry and then they'll start excessively checking symptoms so for example um i don't know if somebody thinks they've um got a heart disease or cancer and it's quite often a kind of catastrophic worry and fear the slightest change whether they have um i don't know a twitch or a sore throat or a new a spot developed somewhere that they will be then checking at it and picking at it and overly kind of worrying this thing and then again that just enhances all their worry and anxiety and then kind of convince themselves that they've got something more serious <coughs> than they probably have okay so that would be certainly something that that um, people can do to help themselves is actually just stop doing that just stop it just stop it i know just it's easy it. to say but you know no so, no no, no. Um, something we use quite a lot in work to be fair you know when people are saying to us how can i do this and it's at the end of their um treatment journey mm -hmm. it, is, it is literally look you've had all the support everything you can 
there is part of it you just have to stop yeah no i, I know it sounds over simplistic <laughs> but well in some ways it, it is very simplistic you know it, it is very simplistic some of the things we say are simplistic but i, I suppose what i'm doing is just checking in that and uh, Brown, Brown and I know this only too well. It's we're not saying just stop it in a kind of dismissive no, no, of course not. and um, you know pull yourself together kind of attitude. But what the aim is is to stop doing these things because actually they are maintaining the problem. And as as Bram knows in his work in substance misuse, actually continuing to use is only maintaining the problem and we know it's difficult for people to stop all sorts of habits and behaviours. Yeah. And and that's what we try and help with various ideas ideas and suggestions be put in place but ultimately in stopping doing some of these behaviors it will make a difference it will reduce the anxiety it will it will help people feel calmer and help them have a more fulfilling life and that's ultimately really what we're trying to what we're trying to do we can just look at that from a logical point of view if you stop researching on dr google Mm -hmm. because you can't always guarantee and go to the same site and if you do always go to the same site you know you've got to be careful what that site is Mm -hmm. Um, so if you do stop researching on Dr. Google, then you're going to stop that um, that anxiety. Yeah, absolutely, because it just perpetuates the whole idea that you're telling yourself that I've got to look at this because it, it's because uh, there's a, a danger looming ahead, and actually it will make no, very little difference what you what you can see on Dr. Google, as we like to call it. Um, and interesting, I got that expression off a GP about many, many years ago who said... Did you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was saying, right, I've just got too many patients going to Dr. Google, why don't they just go to Dr. Dr. Whatever in the surgery who's kind of had a bit more training and a bit... Well, it's, 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 it's what it is, isn't it? You know, it, and, and that's the thing of going to the, your GP. That's why he's there. He, yeah. Sorry, uh, bare GPs. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Fancy some music? Yes, let's have a few tunes. Okay.
And that was Sigma, nobody to love. Welcome back to Healthy Minds, Healthy Lives with myself and Hector. And can I just give a shout out to Frank and happy birthday, mate. Um, I, we just got your message. Thank you very much for sending in. It's a bit of a pain. We can't be on Facebook Live. Otherwise. Well, you wouldn't be watching us because you're driving. So you wouldn't be watching anyway. But thanks a lot. Happy birthday. Hope you uh, enjoy time down in call. Knock up me. No, no, no. Look at me, daughter. She's down there. You can go and have a cup of tea with her. Hector. Hello there. Well, yes, welcome back. And we've had uh, thanks for the message there from Frank. And we've had uh, some likes. Uh, no comments coming in yet. So please um, give no, us a call. No, but must say a big shout out to the likes. Kelly Ford and Anne Evans, thank you very much for liking the post. That means I'm hoping you're going to be listening. Brilliant. Great. Thank you. And thank you for listening. OK, so we've the first part of the show, we're talking about health anxiety. And then we sort of expanded that out to thinking about the anxieties that people you know have around their health in relation to the coronavirus and a number of people i've been speaking to recently through through work who have been experiencing anxiety in the past and now that's kind of um, increased because of uh, the f- kind of fear that um of the coronavirus and uh, and 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 some of the things people are saying are that some of the fears are that about trusting others so that they feel that they can kind of go out safely they do what they do they need to do to to feel safe they wear masks um and uh kind of keeping their hands clean and, and somewhere in gloves and things like that but there there's a, a worry that as as the uh, restrictions have been reduced that when they go out they they're going to be kind of exposed to people who are less um kind of cautious as they are should we say um and some people are saying they're actually they've been at home for quite a long time and now they're just sort of struggling to get out and start to kind of interact with the world a bit more and and so for the the those those last people some of the things that can be helpful that we use generally in anx- uh, in helping people with anxiety is this idea of of gradually sort of exposing ourselves to the to the thing that makes us most anxious so if it's like going out for example and then fear of kind of being around other people what some of the things we suggest are finding what would be the easiest way to go out and the easiest place to go to using our kind of breathing exercises and some kind of meditation type exercises and then so start with something very easy and very simple so maybe it's just going to the end of the street or going out if you live in the countryside going out to some country walks or to feel into some fields or parks so that we're actually get used to going out leaving the house um maybe encountering some people but we do that in a very slow and gradual way so we get more and more comfortable in that process and then as we get more confident and more comfortable and we learn that we can manage our anxiety in these situations well then we can move up, move it up a step so for example we can start to maybe going into the towns or the um the villages uh, locally that might be a little bit busier where you might then start to encounter a few more people and again do that for for a while until you start to feel more comfortable and more relaxed and then you can start thinking about okay i'm i'm ready to maybe go into a shop or somewhere where there's going to be a few more people lots of places are open now and think about what might be a good time to do that what might be the quieter places to go Um, and of course maintaining your own kind of social distancing your own uh, mask wearing if that's what you feel comfortable doing and um, and then just start to get used to that process 
And, you know, some people uh, have also said to me, oh, well, like, that's all well and good, but I might have to queue, and can I trust other people to social distance, and what if I say something? And and that's a genuine ang- worry f- for some people. But in- interestingly, uh, in the last uh, week or so, I had a, a similar situation whereby I was having to queue to go into the local supermarket, and we were all queuing outside, and it was marked with a two market two meter distancing and there was um a young couple standing behind me who were just chatting and i don't know maybe not paying attention but they increasingly were coming within less probably less than a meter distance to me and i was starting to feel uncomfortable with that and it flashed in my mind what do i do what do i say and if i say something will they be confrontational and sort of catastrophizing a bit and actually just by being polite and explaining that this made me feel a little bit uncomfortable with the mind maintaining the social distance they were they seemed very happy to do that and with an explanation as to why i was asking this they moved and they kept on the two meter markers so i think for for many people one of the things I have noticed is is that people are pretty understanding of what's going on and pretty supportive of, of each other, generally speaking. So it's probably not um, unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable at all if we do this in a polite, kind, uh, friendly manner to, to ask people to keep the social distance. It's, it's for everybody's well-being. So over time, start to leave the house, start to go out if it's safe, um, you know, depending on your own personal circumstances, of course, um, <clears throat> and start to get used to kind of interacting with people in the world slowly but surely using you. And the more you do it, what will happen is that we find that the more people do this, um, or the more we do these things, the easier it will get over time. Okay, so that's something that can be really helpful in just in terms of, of kind of starting to leave the house, engaging in the world a bit more. So in terms, uh, and again, with uh, with general health anxiety, if, if people are avoiding going to certain situations because they have fear of kind of um, contamination or becoming unwell, we would suggest the same similar sort of process that you generate, you know, using this graded exposure whereby you, you slowly start to engage in the world and, and it will help you challenge these catastrophic ideas and thoughts that something terrible is about to happen whereas more often than not, it, it it doesn't. So those are just some of the sort of simple ideas that we would suggest for trying to overcome some of these worries and concerns. <coughs> but obviously, if somebody has some physical health symptoms that persist over time, of course, you would probably be best advised to go to your, go to your GP. Okay, so I'm going to check in again, see if we have any... Um, yeah, Any comments? We do not, but if you do want to get involved in the show, you can jump on over to Facebook, put in Pure West Radio, a page will come up. There's a post uh, looking just beneath the competition post, because um, the competition post is always at the top of the page, so you can have a look at that as well. Good as well, you can win... Um, a platinum pass to the outdoor cinema at Knowlton, so it's well worth entering the competition. And just make that as a post, you can um, message beneath that post if you've got anything that you'd like to say. Um, or you can ring us, 01437 764455 is a number, or studio at purestradio.com is our email if you've got a question or you want to say anything that we're discussing this evening. 
Okay, brilliant. Okay, so I think we've talked a bit about kind of health anxiety and kind of the idea and how that can be expanded into the current circumstances that we're kind of living in, in at the moment. And of course, as always, we invite people to offer any comments or suggestions. So how about we move then to the to the other part? I know we're going to be finishing a bit earlier than normal. So what about if, if we move to the other idea that we were talking about uh, that's fairly topical at the moment? So this idea of... Um, there's a lot of people who are planning or about to leave leave home a lot of young people at the moment and we were thinking of what is the impact that has on on them what's it like for them in that process and then of course what's it like particularly for for parents after their children have kind of left home for the first time and this thing that we call the kind of empty nest syndrome and i'm sure many many people have, have kind of experienced that over the years and as always please anybody's any young people who are in that process of leaving get in t- excuse me get in touch and anybody who's either experienced it or is a is has that looming up ahead please again join in the conversation as always i'm going to flannel for four and a half minutes okay and then we're going to pick this up after the news okay because what i was going to say it's not flannel really that's that's just technical term what i was going to say is first of all i can offer up a story about empty nest syndrome because i didn't think it was a thing and i was there big and hard and um my daughter was going off to college she's moving back with her mum down in southwest england and um was going off to college and i was like yeah i got some freedom go back to the pub and we mates don't have to worry about x y and mm-hmm. z well all i can say is that's not what happened my friend <laughs> uh, i felt uh horrid um the first five six weeks just this massive feeling of guilt not over particularly anything because my daughter was with her mum she was starting a college course in sound technician she wanted to be a roadie those dreams have since died and have, have changed but that's what she wanted to do so she was going to do sound technician at, at bridgewater um so you know everything was happy hunky dory it was it was me i just couldn't get used to not i'd been a single parent since the girls were save argument's sake tw- 10 years 12 years mm-hmm. um so that is all i knew um was a parent um so yeah just to have that stop and change overnight and and that's what it was i remember we drove down to a steel house festival we dropped my daughter off at her mother's house kind of took a detour it's not kind of on the way but it's down in the valley so it's a similar way to, to uh, where she was in glastonbury and that was it you know got out of the car with a yep. bag on and, and bon voyage yep and uh it took about 10 days two weeks to sink in and then uh, yeah i don't really know what i was doing i i really was in a in a bit of a tiz so for some of that i thought was actually uh yeehaw this is my freedom my life back mm-hmm. no it didn't quite work out like that no took you by surprise it, it like a baseball bat around the head mate and i think that's that that's quite a good illustration isn't it that's quite often sort of life events and life changes that we think we're going to manage can sometimes completely and utterly take us by surprise and then similarly there's other events that we think oh my god how would i ever cope with that that we managed really really well so uh, there's no predicting these things particularly because sometimes some of these things just kind of sneak up and 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 kind of catches out unexpectedly and it, it seems that you were describing one of the common things that happens with this situation is that sense of loss yeah, uh, yeah that's somebody you know it, it is a sense of loss it's a bit like a kind of grieving process i imagine yeah and you have to go through every single kind of emotion as well i mean it's not it wasn't as intense as um 
uh, to be fair, I've never really experienced. I've, I mean, grandparents have passed, but I've never, I mean, cats passed, but you know, I've never experienced major, major loss. But I, I get the idea. Mm. Um, yeah, you and and obviously I know the grieving process from my work and stuff. So you have to go through it all. And there was even a couple of days of anger in there, you know, as, mm. as there is with the grieving process. Um, it was it was very weird. I honestly thought from I'd be a bachelor again, and here I go, my life starts again. I'm still a youngish man, you know. I was only in my forties, start my early forties. So yeah, but no, my friend, it did not work out like that. It caught up with you indeed. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to the news in a minute, and then we can kind of come back to this because then we'll talk a little bit more about some of the, the those stages of grief and loss and some of the things that happen when people when when family members leave home but in this context when the when the kind of young young adults as they are now start to kind of fly the nest and what that's like for for those remaining and also you know there's a there's a big process for people leaving and starting their new adventures and the new lives so yep yeah, as always please get in touch with any stories or comments on on this subject in particular one quick question can you remember what it was like for you when you went off to the big bad world of uh, higher education well, my life was slightly different because I didn't go into higher education until I was like in my mid twenties. But you have to read about that in my book. But you have, yeah. <laughs> no, but I left home when I was uh, sixteen or seventeen. Okay, so it's still and, there. And I do remember it. I, I, my mum and stepfather drove me to London, and I moved into a flat with my auntie. Oh wow! And um, and and I've sometimes wondered what it was like for them when they the following day when they drove off, and particularly my mum who was really upset. Uh, what what that was like for them that journey back up the M4 and back to West Wales, because at the time I was a you know a young teenage man and all I'd wanted for years was to get out and and explore Do the it. world and I was you were doing it just doing it yeah. yeah big different from the other side mate yeah absolutely uh, we will be back very shortly with uh, more healthy minds healthy lives for myself and Hector don't forget jump on the Facebook page tag us or comment under the feed ring us 01437764455 or you can jump on to studio at purewestradio.com and uh, we'll be right back very very shortly thank you very much for listening Now 
For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. Cause I love the way it feels when 